Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! All right, let's start with uh, the baseball and some takeaways uh, from opening day, uh, which I think are significant. I got about five or six written down, and then we'll go right to Boach if I feel I can get to 315. If not, I get a break in before Boach, but uh, one way or the other, uh, let's get the baseball on the table for you right out of the gate. Number one, rules, and let's do the two things that are most important. All right, there were still a lot of strikeouts. In the Yankee game yesterday, I think there were 33 strikeouts in the 55, in the 51 outs. 27 plus 24 is 51. I think there were 33 strikeouts combined in the 51 outs. So I'm not going to worry about the strikeouts as a major problem. I don't know about the shift scenario, but there were a ton of strikeouts in a certain amount of the games. But having said all that, the most important thing is the time of the game. And uh, last year, now they didn't have all the openers on a one day, but last year the combined average time of the opening weekend, I'll classify it as that, was 3 hours and 17 minutes. This year, with all the games on the one day, and this includes a 10-9 game, and this includes a game where Patrick Patrick Corbin threw 85 pitches in three innings. This year, the combined average of the time of the games was two hours and 45 minutes. So, in other words, in one year, first day in, uh, with obviously new rules with the pitch clock and everything else and batters getting out of the batter's box and having to be ready to go with eight seconds left on the pitch clock, they saved 32 minutes. Uh, and they had obviously, you know, the Red Sox game went three hour plus. The Yankee, the uh, the Tech, the uh, I'm sorry, the Atlanta Washington game went three plus. So that was uh, you like that though. But bottom line is two forty five. You can live with a lot of the games last night were quick. Three seventeen, not so good. Uh, and obviously that's uh, item number one that you like uh, from day one. Item number two is the stolen bases. Last year with all the combined openers on those two or three days, you had I believe six stolen bases in about eight attempts. I might be wrong on the amount of the attempts, but I believe it was six. Yesterday, in all the games on opening day, first time since 68, they played all the games on opening day, 21 of 23. So there were 21 steals in 23 attempts. And that was the idea. Put a little more of the base running acumen into the game, bigger bags, less throws to first base. So from that standpoint, on day one, the rules worked. Now, you got a long way to go. You're going to have some hiccups along the way. But, I mean, the most important thing to me is 32 minutes for chopped off the game. I mean, anything, you know, around 245 unless there's a home run. And, you know, there were some games, Jesse, that were very tidy. Tampa-Detroit was two hours and 14 minutes. Case in point. So from that standpoint, that is a big plus. I wanted to get those two things on the board for you right out of the gate. Item number two with takeaways from day one would be Rutschman, the the, uh, catcher from the Orioles. You know, listen, the Mariners did it with Rodriguez. You know, Franco was signed long-term with Tampa. You know, I don't see, obviously Tatis, I don't see why uh, Baltimore, you know, with this kid who is a big-time player. He was obviously the first pick in the draft. He was a good player, very good player at Oregon State. He's a catcher. He had a good year last year after a slow beginning. Don't forget, he wasn't able to be on the opening day roster because of injury. When he came up, he played very, very well. I think he ended up with seven. 70 runs scored, and yesterday in Fenway, he's the first catcher since 1901 with five hits and and six uh, get on base safely in his opening game. I mean, that's pretty good. He was five for five, and he had a walk, and you know, in six at bats, he was on base every single time. I mean, that has not happened behind a plate, and you know, historically in over 120 years, we all know the kid's good. We the Orioles know he's good, and I don't know why the Orioles to make everybody happy and to tell people in that great baseball 
hotbed that they're here to stay. Why don't they get him signed long term? I don't understand. Why not? Why not give him $240 million? Everybody else is doing it. You know, this and the Mariners gave Rodriguez a fortune. You know, Franco got $181 million from the, from the Rays. From the Rays, for crying out loud. Baltimore, who hasn't signed anybody important forever since Chris Davis, that was a disaster. Don't get me wrong. But they can't go out there and they give Rutschman 181, uh, give him $200 million, whatever it's going to be, to make him an Oriole for life. I mean, it's going to be more than $200 million, But, I mean, you put options in. You put bonus clauses in. Bottom line is, that's doable. And if I was, an, uh, if I was ownership of the Orioles, I would get that done. I mean, I have seen enough. This guy's a big player, and they got a lot of other big players down the road. Get him organized first, because once you get him signed, the Gunnar Hendersons, the Rodriguez, the pitcher down the road, they might want to sign too. So that is something I was thinking about last night with how good Rutschman is. So that's uh, item number two. Item number three is Texas. Boy, how many times this year are they going to bail DeGrom out instead of DeGrom bailing them out? DeGrom not good yesterday in his first game, and what does Texas do? They score nine runs in an inning. First time they have uh, on opening day that a team has scored nine runs in an inning. Matter of fact, the last time a team on opening day scored nine or plus runs in an inning, San Diego did it against the Mets in 97, and guess who the manager was? Bruce Bochy. Yesterday, they were down 4 nothing. They bounced back, down 5-2. in a 3-1 home in a tie of the game. Again, DeGrom, not great. Wonderful job by the Rangers. Scored 11 runs in the game. Didn't have a great pitching performance, but I'm assuming, if he's healthy, that DeGrom will bail Texas out this year. A hell of a lot more than Texas will bail DeGrom out. Well, DeGrom now owns the team one. Good performance by the Rangers, scoring 11 runs. Now there's item number three. Item number four is Toronto, and the Blue Jays' offense doesn't quit. You know, with Springer... And obviously, Bichette, Guerrero, I mean, uh, you know, the catcher, the Kirk is good hitter. Varsho had a big game. I mean, they have a, a very, very tough offensive team. Uh, and they are going to be very tricky to deal with. Uh, Whitfield's in their mix there, too. He led off the ninth inning with a walk, later scored. They scored a few in the ninth, beat St. Louis. Scored 10 runs in the process, five hits for Springer, and obviously they got some blue pits and everything else, but that is a scary offensive team. I don't like the Cardinal pitching staff. Hensley, the, the, Hensley, the guy in the bullpen, stinks. He killed them last year against the Phillies. Everybody squares by him. I don't see it. Saw him last night in the ninth. He couldn't get the ball over the plate. He walked the first guy, and away we went. But Toronto's offense is fearless. So if you took Toronto as an over at 91 and a half, you know, that's a good start. The other thing about Toronto that is very interesting, they played 25 of their first 36 games on a road. They have a three-city road trip to start the year. They go to, um, uh, I think they go to Kansas City, and then they go to uh, either Oakland or An- Anaheim on the West Coast. Then they come home for two, uh, for two uh, home dates, Detroit and somebody else. But then they go to uh, and Tampa. And then they go to Houston and the Yankees. And then they play a couple games at home. And then they play three more, three more uh, teams on the road. They have a lot of road games in their first 36. And this is the start of it. 25 of 36 on the road. Uh, that's a lot. And we shall see how they handle that. Good start for the Blue Jays and their offense is relentless. That is uh, item number three. Item number four is Toronto. And that's a nice job by the Blue Jays. I'm sorry, Toronto. Texas. No, I did Texas, and I did Toronto. Nice. Next one is the White Sox. So this is item number five. And the White Sox, uh, that was a nice win they had yesterday uh, in Houston. Uh, they got a well-pitched game out of Cease, number one. Uh, Griff, uh, uh, Griffall has a good relationship with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, which I did not realize. They were uh, cam- 
camera uh, photograph, or really did a little spot together on the car on the way to the ballpark. Big home run by Grandal in the eighth inning. Uh, good job by their bullpen. Andrew Vaughn got a big two-run double against that Astro bullpen was lights out last year. He reminds me a lot of Matt Williams. Uh, the way he looks, the plate, and everything else kind of looks like him. The old giant. Uh, that was a good job by the White Sox uh, in that uh, last couple of innings against the Houston team that was playing their game with well pitching, with good pitching, and everything else. And then they withstood a little ninth inning scare with Alvarez's home run. Good job by the White Sox. Moncada trying to go to third base, leading off the eighth inning with a ball that was aired by the first baseman Abreu when he tries to go to third off Tucker. He's the dumbest player in the world. I don't know what they were doing in spring training. Everybody tells me that Grafal, great with fundamentals. Well, have a conversation with your third baseman. And of course, from that standpoint, the White Sox, uh, that, you know, that, that was a hell of a job uh, by the White Sox. And good win for them against Houston. A, you know, uh, that is a scenario where the Astros are obviously, you know, trying to go back to back. That's a hell of a job by the White Sox. Then finally, San Diego and the Dodgers would be um, uh, something that I would concern myself with. First off, the Dodgers, everybody's written, writing the Dodgers off. And although it's hard to make them an underdog, I am sure during spring training in Glendale, all they heard about uh, was the idea of, uh, you know what, you know, the Padres are better and we didn't make any additions in the offseason and we got injuries and we're going to be bad. And what they do, they scored eight unanswered runs against Arizona and their best pitcher and bury them. Outman hits a home run. Everybody loves him. And the Dodgers beat them 8-2. to two. And the Padres, Arizona. And the Padres are going to learn that when you have the fourth or third highest payroll in the sport. And, you know, you got Machado. And you got Tatis forthcoming. Here's Soto. Let's go bring Bogarts in for 280 million bucks. When you do that and, you know, you disappoint. They're going to realize that every game is a very, very significant game. That they are going to be looked at very carefully on a game-in, game-out basis. I didn't see it. They lost last night to Colorado 7-2. And I guess there was, uh, you know, some bluebirds out in San Diego at 46,000. Padres are going to have to learn that, you know, when you're the hunted and you got that bullseye on your back, it's a little different than catching people by surprise. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.